You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. And, oh, there we go. I was a little bit hot coming in. My bad. Hello there. Welcome into Minor Talk. Sal Montes here along with Zay and uh, the Miners uh, just wrap up their Florida road trip and uh, their uh, final uh, true road trip, if you want to put it that way, uh, for the uh, 2022-23 season against uh, Florida Atlantic. Successful in Miami, not so much in Boca, um, as expected though, right? 75-49, to Florida Atlantic clearly the top team in Conference USA and uh, they they got to celebrate their regular season championship after down in UTEP 75-49. to Onyema 11-11 and today, uh, but Martin a monster for a FAU, 21 points. We'll break down some more numbers as the, uh, as the show unravels. If you want to give us your thoughts on the game, send us a tweet at 600 ESPN El Paso. Just be sure to use the hashtag minor talk, that way we could populate it up here. And also too if you want to call in 915-505-6009 Sal Montes here filling in on the other side for my man Adrian Broadus I has some uh, events to go to today shout out to Adrian we love you so much and uh, we got Zay on the other side of the glass Zay you've been a busy guy today I sure have man but uh, a rough game for the Miners huh oh man tell me about it and you and I were kind of um you know, discussing at certain, uh, discussing certain points of the game, and um, FAU just clearly a, a class above not only UTEP but Conference USA for a large part. They're sixteen and two in the league. But uh, how's this for reference? The Miners uh, allow a drought for Florida Atlantic for some minutes, and, and UTEP able to go on some sort of run. I can't remember the exact number, somewhere like eight to twelve oh something like that. And FAU still up double digits. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was watching that. And I was like. This is the most boring run ever. I mean, you know, UTEP went on an 11-0 run. I think it was it was somewhere around there. But it was just like they had no momentum on their side. It was just yeah. FIU playing bad offense. And UTEP really couldn't, um, you know, convert and uh, – cut that lead in half at least at least you know single digits yeah, yeah. And, and even aside from that right the bad offense I think a part of that is really just the shots not going in but knowing that they can afford to go down the uh, go down the court and chuck up any type of shot be a little bit flashy but then you know snap out of it when need be I, I think that's uh, just the beast that Florida Atlantic is uh, looking at the numbers here the miners uh, only getting 21 points in the first half and 28 in the second half 28 being the most they scored um, in a half all game. And Florida Atlantic just uh, outnumbering UTEP in both halves, of course. But the fewest points they scored in a half being 32. Uh, just a, a monster lineup here and the depth that they have. You know, we, we talk about the uh, the guys here, Elijah Martin, Janelle Davis, Michael Forrest, uh, Golden, who's a beast as well, Greenlee, Weatherspoon. We could go down the list here, but the point is they're a deep team who, um, in my opinion— it's probably the automatic qualifier for Conference USA, even if they don't win the uh, the conference tournament. Yeah, you know they they're just they're above everybody in this conference, right? No one can really, you know, go hand in hand when it comes to hey, I got one guy coming off the bench, he mm-hmm. can be an all conference player, and I got another guy coming off the. You know, they, Joe Golden said it. You know, when they first played them, they have three all conference guys that can be coming off of the bench. That just shows how deep they are, and no one in this conference can compete with that. No, big time, and and that's saying a lot too. When you look at the rest of the league, you you look at what UAB has to offer. Very impressive roster. You 
You look at North Texas and what they have to offer, very impressive. And we could go down the list and some of the depth that, that these teams have, but nobody really matching up with the Florida Atlantic. So the Miners running into that buzzsaw that is the Owls, 75-49. Uh, to 49. And I, I wanted to laugh, but I think it's just not, not only the state of college basketball for for I don't want to say newcomers in mid majors because obviously they've been a they've been in a D one you know a FBS team for some time. However, uh, when it comes to uh, the attendance, it was like a record breaking attendance of three thousand over there, and I was losing my mind. Like, how is that possible? But I consider the market Miami's over there, and and also I, if I'm not mistaken, I know they played Florida State, but I'm trying to remember if uh, Miami had uh, their rival at home. Let me see if I could pull that up here. Yeah, they have them at home. Uh, starting at 2 o'clock, so the game just got underway. So um, a lot of fans in that area, whether it be FIU, um, Florida, Atlantic, who the Miners just took on, any other team in that area kind of falling victim to the uh, the Hurricanes. Yeah, you know, it's kind of tough to be in that big market as, as a college, as a mid-major. You know, you don't get as much support. You know, you see it in a lot of places, especially in Conference USA. So yeah. good for Florida Atlantic. You know, you're getting, you know, to us, 3,000 at a UTEP game is is not good at all, right? That's yeah. bad. But for them, I mean, good for them. You're building it mm-hmm. from, the, from the ground up. Yeah, and um, I mean, it just goes to show that even if you're in a big market, but you're in a way, and this is no disrespect to them, just speaking, you know, fandom-wise, you're basically little brother, and that's FAU uh, right now, little brother to the Miami Hurricanes, who are 13th in the nation right now, and they're currently de- – uh, defeating a FSU 30 to 23 so you're, you're falling victim to the market when you're not even the most popular team over there and that could go for any team in that area who happens to catch fire but either way though needless to say 3,000 still light they should be getting more and more uh, fans out there you know as the years go on assuming that success continues yeah if that success continues they have to look into getting a better facility when it comes to basketball yeah. I mean that's it, I'm going to say it straight out. It feels like it's a high school gym, and they, they deserve better, right? They, they're going to be a top 25 team, and if they're able to keep their coach, you know, Dusty May, give him what he yeah. needs to win. No, big time. And and another thing, too, is I'm, I'm trying to um, – trying to find it. I don't know how outdated this is. I, I know it is the uh, Eleanor R. Baldwin Arena and um, record attendance. Yeah, so it showed it today. Uh, the capacity, 2,900. So, okay, so that, that makes more sense then. I, I was appalled at the 3,000, at the, at the uh, but knowing that they only hold 2,900 and, and they outlasted it pretty much by um, 340, uh, 3,240. That was the, the record today on a, on an afternoon game, too. I I think that says a lot. So uh, big, big props to the Owls fans and uh, going out there, breaking some records. Uh, they, they knew that history was going to be made today, and uh, they got to witness it. So UTEP falling victim to Florida Atlantic, 75-49. to 49. We'll have some uh, awards to hand out later on. We'll check the tweets and uh, the lines. And uh, while we're on here, let's take a look at what's going on um, when it comes to um, when it comes to these tweets. And yeah, we got a tweet saying FA you isn't in Miami. Yeah, we know that. And this is from uh, Eric Fournier, 1966. We're just talking about the general area. They, they were in Miami on Thursday, but basically any team within that area falling victim to uh, not only the big market, but 
they're second in line when it comes to it. So obviously Miami being the top dog within that area. Uh, scrolling down Twitter, let's see what else we can find here. Let's go ahead and put in minor talk. And um, yeah, Joe Chacon tweeting us uh, the other day. Looks like this is from Thursday uh, when the Miners defeated FIU in Miami. So we'll, we'll check more tweets in a bit. Like I said, we'll have some awards, the uh, hot hand of the game, and then we'll also have um, the uh, player of the game. So we'll, we'll look at everything as things unravel. But with the Miners now, Zay, um, dropping this game in Florida, splitting the Florida road trip, I think it was a success to, to at least you know get one game. But the final two being Western and uh, Middle Tennessee, um, in theory, right, how, imper- how imperative is it that the Miners um, either split or or win both of these games uh, for seeding in conference, you would say? Or does it even matter when they get to the tournament? Because would they still be in the same boat as a 10 seed or a 7 seed or you know, or whatever seeding they get, right? Yeah, you guys talked about it the other day, right? You really want UTEP to be in that 8 or 9 seed. That's really that's where you get the favorable matchups. If you're a 10 seed, there's a chance you're going to get a team like Rice or Charlotte, which, you know, Rice swept you. It's, it's tough. And then, of course, Charlotte, you know, you guys lost to them or UTEP lost to them. So, um, you know, that you want to win these games. You want to win these games for sure for momentum. And I think uh, I think Joe Golden is going to stress it. Hey, we need to get some momentum coming into, into Frisco. And, uh, yeah, I think it's pretty big that they – at least go out there and give it their all, right? Give it their all against these two teams that I think yeah. are beatable. No, yeah, definitely. And they showed some promise against uh, those two teams. I know Middle Tennessee, um, that game kind of got away from them earlier on. But Western Kentucky and, and Middle, there were stretches that they've shown what they can do. Uh, but ultimately, falling on the road, at, in my opinion, two of the uh, tougher places to play. I know the records may not show that this year, but historically speaking, um, if, if you kind of do a background check on these teams, um, since they've been in college hoops and, and amongst the mid-majors, um, you'll see that there's some of the more respect teams, but what those programs um, house as far as um, tradition goes is a lot to be respected, right? Like Western Kentucky, we know that they have you know tournament success. They've had so many um, great players go through that institution. And then also Middle Tennessee, you and I were talking about this not long ago, how they had a monster um, team. I'm trying to remember some of the names. Maybe Giddy Potts was on that team. Maybe yeah. he was a year after, mm-hmm. but um, that team that just went on this ridiculous uh, win streak and uh, was able to uh, win a NCAA tournament game. I think it was Michigan State that yep. they had gotten. So these are two teams who've tasted success and um, in a way kind of like an arm's reach from being, uh, you know, getting out of that middle tier, so to speak. So uh, I'm not too sure what, what your thoughts are on both of those teams are kind of like a down year for them, but they're kind of in that same boat as UTEP, right? That if they could get hot and catch fire, they'll be a team that nobody wants to play, maybe more so than UTEP. Yeah, you know, I say you know, that really fits Western Kentucky to, to a team, right? They, they're they really talented. They have a lot of good players on that team. They just need to put together, which makes Western Kentucky a scary team. When it comes to Middle Tennessee, they're really athletic. They're a good athletic team. Right now they're up twenty nine to uh, twenty nine to twelve on uh, Louisiana Tech. They're seventeen and eleven. They're they're going. They're they're under a. They're they're, they're playing good, right? They're, they're a couple years ago. You know they were bad in that twenty twenty COVID year, and uh, they've just rebuilt that program from the bottom up. And it's good to see Middle Tennessee succeed. Yeah, yeah, and. Um for a team that's also staying in Conference USA, too. Um, I think that 
that's a good thing, right? It keeps the conference competitive, but the same, I kind of share that same sentiment for Western Kentucky, whereas, yeah, some of these teams are leaving on to, to greener pastures. There's more money involved. It's a more popular conference, but in a way, Conference USA is still going to be a competitive league. I don't, I don't think it'll be as competitive, uh, but the drop-off is, is not extremely significant. So there has to be a new dog, you know, coming to the table to eat. Either way, that, that's, how, that's how it always has to work. Somebody's got to be the top dog in the conference. But, uh, yeah, UTEP falling on the road to Florida Atlantic. Kind of want to um, uh, break down some of these numbers here. Uh, if I could find which tab I had it on, that would be tremendous. Uh, let me go over here back to the uh, the UTEP website. But while I'm waiting for this to, uh, to pop up here, Zay, uh, uh, wanted to ask you, um, Zarek Onyema, right? Another game where he has uh, double digits and, and kind of shines in a way. What is kind of the biggest thing that you've noticed or the biggest difference in him aside from the production? What do you think is driving the production that he's had these uh, last four to five games? Yeah, you know, there he's been he's been on a tear. Like we're not going to shy away from. Him. He's been on a tear lately. It's good to see him succeed. And Joe Golding talked about it in the post game, right? He's getting that confidence. He has that confidence with him where he's like, "Hey, I'm better than all these guys. I could just put it up and in, right? He's using his body. He's using it to the best. And, you know, today it wasn't as efficient as it, as it was in previous games. But, you know, UTEP is, their offense at times, it just breaks down, right? And they're saying, hey, Z, go out there and cook. And he's cooking, man. He's doing it efficiently. So that's good to see. He had a double-double today, which is really good. You know, he he was out there. He was getting he was getting dirty for those rebounds. So it's good to see mm-hmm. Zarek Onyema succeeding. And he is a, a bright spot on this team. Yeah, definitely. 11 boards. And I think that's kind of the the best thing that he did today. Uh, and he did a lot of good things. But ultimately, a guy who has is, is kind of been called on to be that, that force down low or, or, you know, the big guy who can get it done in spots um, to get 11 rebounds but still get 11 points. It's kind of like, hey, we know you've been scoring. Can you also do this uh, for the team? And he says, okay while he's still getting his double digits and scoring. So I think that's a big bright spot. Also, uh, Calvin Solomon, another uh, another game where he gets uh, double digits, 13 points to his credit. Uh, just kind of going down the list here, Tay Hardy, uh, 40 minutes today, 3-4-11 uh, from the field, but 40 minutes, another game where the Miners needed a guard to basically be out there all game. Last game, we know it was uh, Shamar Givens, and as Coach Golding put it, he was just playing on guts on the last game. And for him to still be out there to today with um, with the injury that he's having I think it speaks volumes about how much um, these guys believe in the team I know the records don't show that obviously but to still want to be out there when you're looking at the record and and you're a couple games under 500 in reality what is the point of even being out there try to get healthy and finish the season strong but definitely having that confidence to um, to give it 110 percent still despite the injury uh, I think that shows a lot of what these guys uh, think of Coach Golding. Yeah, you know, you look at this team, everything that they've been through, right? They haven't had the most successful season, obviously. They've lost a couple players down the stretch, whether it's, you know, someone gets suspended or an injury, but they've stuck together, right? You haven't heard that, hey, someone is smacking someone in practice and this and that. No, you haven't heard that. We don't know. Maybe it's happening. Hopefully not. But, you know, it it doesn't seem like it's happening because this team is together. They're playing for each other, and, you know, they don't have an obvious leader. But Joe Golden is out there. He's getting the most out of these guys. You know, they're, they're like you said, they're a couple games under 500. This team can easily go out there and just give up. But it, there was at times in this game where you're like, hey, 
They're giving it their all, and that's all you can ask for when you're, when your team is struggling like this. Yeah, I, I think there were stretches where FAU was just making it rain. You know, you can't really do anything at that point, but um, it was just a co- complete outclass by the Owls, 75-49, to 49, as we talked about the score earlier. Uh, but in terms of, like, just still trying to finish out the season strong, I think we're going to get some glimpses of that. Uh, but ultimately, like, kind of just watching it, um, I don't know if you can, you know, share the same sentiments, but at, at one point when FAU was up, I'm trying to remember the score, it was – was it like 30 to 10, something along the lines of that. Um, at that point, right, or even some stretches before that, I felt like, yeah, this one's this one's cooked. See, <laughs> Try to get out of this game healthy is the number one thing. So um, I, I don't want to buy too, too much stock into this game, obviously, because uh, FAU being the team that they are and UTEP being in 10th place, what can you make of it? Uh, but to see that, um, you know, some of the principles were still held. They just weren't successful. Um, I think that's what I take the most from here. Yeah, you know, they, they, like I agree with you. Yeah, there was a time in this game where I texted you like, "Wow, this is this is gonna be bad, right?" But they fought back. They they held FAU's offense and uh, they got in a little bit of a run. Whether whether it was all that flashy and nice, they got in a run. They made it respectable for a while, and you know, you want to be. You want to be better than 75-49 to 49 against Florida Atlantic, right? But, hey, you know, this game at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter like you said, right? This is this is a game where, you know, 10th place versus 1st place, it wasn't going to matter what the final score was. UTEP really, there was really no shot UTEP was going to come out on top. And uh, it's just important that everybody got out of there healthy. They got out of there. You know, you got to stick together as a team through this. Yeah, and um, th- this is this is the tough part, right? It's easy to be a fan when things are going your way, when they're not. Are you going to stick around? I'm saying this as a Lions fan, guys, and I can obviously tell you here, th- it can be much, much worse. I'll say that. <laughs> so, uh, just looking at uh, at Twitter here, going over to the um, the Twitter sphere, Adrian at Enemy Win Three tweets us: um, It's disappointing to see a team like FAU win the division and uh, move on to the American League, but UTEP is at the bottom and falling behind in conference USA and and you know what that's interesting because with a uh, coach Dusty May he's been there what it's his fifth year um, you've seen some of the progress year in and year out and some of these guys have have experience with each other Adrian talks about it a lot with the minutes continuity um, and they're a team that that displays you know a portion of that so FAU reaping the benefits of um you know, their experience together, but also um, putting teams away that they needed to where, let's be honest, they were kind of in the same spots, um, you know, amongst uh, amongst some of the likes of Rice, um, trying to think of anybody else, Charlotte, you know, they were kind of in their seat before. And now it's like, nah, they're they're driving this bus for Conference USA and and they're leaving the next year. So I think seeing a team like FAU rise through the ranks over these last couple of years is surprising. from the general aspect. If you've been watching them this year, it's not surprising, but generally who was FAU some years ago and now they're going to the conference um, or they get their regular season conference championship and you're a team that's 10th place in the conference. It's like, dang, what's what's really going on these last uh, four or five years? Yeah, you know, I don't like to use the location excuse a lot for UTEP. You know, anybody can anybody can recruit, right? But when it comes to, to markets and stuff like that, we talked about it. Florida Atlantic has the Miami market. Maybe it's not in Miami, but it's it's around that general area. And that's one of the biggest reasons the American Athletic Conference said, hey, we want Florida Atlantic, right? They're better than Florida International yeah. when it comes to everything athletic-wise. They have a solid football team, and look, they have a good basketball team. So, hey, you know, I get it. It sucks to see Florida Atlantic go to the American, but let's be, let's be real here. Even if UTEP was good, they weren't going to the American Conference. 
Yeah, there's a lot to be uh, a lot to be desired for uh, when it comes to the minors because if you're looking at UTEP from a from a purely athletic standpoint, um, we know what they do in terms of uh, track and field and, and cross country. That's an exceptional team, one of the best programs in the nation year in and year out. Unfortunately, the issue with that is winning in that sport doesn't bring you as much money as it does winning football games and and you know going to bowls and winning conference championships so you know accolades wise yes there's olympians and and so many amazing player um athletes that that go through with track and field but um budget wise these conferences are looking at these teams saying hey are you winning and how much money can you bring us and unfortunately that's just not happening uh, with the football team at the level that um, you know that the teams desire, so that's one part. But then when you look at it on, on another aspect, it's like, hey, this team is on the up and up. It's it's you know steadily rising in terms of attendance and whatnot. But that lack of winning is is also hampering them too. And and I know I mentioned they're two separate things, but they still kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, you know, when it comes to realignment, you know, I, I did a lot of research, talked to a lot of people on this, and it's basically three things, right? It, it comes down to facilities. Do you have good facilities? Are you committed to winning? Which means, are you committed to putting money into your program to, to get the best out of it? It comes to location. You have to have a good market. And you have to have, um, you have to you have to be winning, man. You got to be good. And uh, UTEP, you know, they, they fall short in about all three categories, unfortunately, right? UTEP doesn't have the best facilities. UTEP really isn't winning. And UTEP, you know, they aren't getting fans out to the to the Don Haskins or the Sumble, and uh, it's just it's a rough time to be a minor fan. But hey, it's patience. It comes down to patience. Yeah, and um, it's interesting you mentioned that. We did get a tweet from a uh, Hunter Pennypack says uh, we have a program that has high school facilities that is leaps and bounds ahead of UTEP. So I, I guess he's referring to Florida Atlantic's uh, gym, <laughs> looking like a high school gym. Um, it says, embarrassing. And FAU is in Boca Raton. Uh, nothing to do with Miami. Complete opposite sides of uh, Florida, which I don't think yeah, that's... Yeah, it's, it's not true, but... Uh, yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're, it's right down the street it's, from Miami. It's like 45 <laughs> minutes, and, and yeah, like it's, it's basically a drive from north to south. So um, it's in the area. The point is, yeah. like, hey, Boca can claim, you know, that, that market because who's... Let me ask you this, too. We could kind of settle it there. Out of a team between FIU and a team uh, with a FAU, both those teams currently in Conference USA, who's claiming that Miami market now? and isn't in Miami specifically. Yeah, you know, you, uh, Boca Raton is, it's it's the Miami market. We can argue about this for, you know, this is my side. We can argue about this if, if people want to. Miami talk. <laughs> no, <laughs> nah, yeah, man. It's, I, it's not Miami itself, but it's it's around that area, right? It's it's a, it's an hour drive, maybe 45 minutes. It's, mm-hmm. It is that market. That's what we're talking. We're talking about markets. That is the Miami market. Yeah, and um, that's that's what it's coming down to, man. Is is do you have something to offer uh, aside from your location? Like I think some teams got it strictly off of location. I don't know how Charlotte got into the uh, the American UTSA. Two things went their way, right? Actually, three, because we see the the funds that they're using to uh, to help amplify their athletic programs. But aside from that, they're winning in football, and they're a powerhouse in football, and also they're in San Antonio. So it's kind of like, hey, we 
can you fit the criteria of one to three things? And they said, hey, let's let's do all three. Yeah, you know, you look at UT say they can do all three. You look at um, Rice. They got the market. They got the Houston market. And you can add one, right? They have the academics to do that, right? They have the money, okay. the academics. You know, that was one that, you know, someone told me, hey, they have the academics. And it made sense, right? Rice is a prestigious university. It's in Houston. Um, I don't know. I don't know what their facilities look like. Obviously, the, the basketball, yeah. it's not that great. But when you talk about facilities, you're not just talking about your basketball arena. You're talking about your practice arena, your your practice facility, your strength and conditioning, stuff like that. That's what it comes down to when I say facilities. And, and another thing, too, um, I, I don't know the numbers here, but just speaking from um, – from a winning standpoint, you mentioned the the Houston market, but uh, Houston Astros a big big story out in Houston, obviously, and Rice has a really good baseball program as well. So, team that has a lot of tournament appearances. Looking at it here, consecutive appearances. Let's see if I could reel this off for you. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-three straight NCAA. Tournament tournament appearances for the Rice Owls, ranging from um, 1995 to uh, 2017. And that's uh, in baseball, of course. I, I do want to preface it in case you're you're um, you're barely tuning in. But yeah, 18 straight trips to the NCAA tournament for their baseball program. And that could be a, a good reason why. Like, hey, we're not doing it in football, but this program brings in a lot of money. We're a private university, so we have the money to, to back that up based off of the tuition. And, um, you know, here and there, they'll have some, some bright spots with uh, with football or, or basketball itself. I mean, this year, basketball, one of their better basketball teams that they've had, so they can get on a run and do some things. However, um, you know, market and, um, you know, I wonder how much baseball played into the, uh, the American um, – bid so to speak to join that conference so interesting interesting stuff to look at it um it's not so uh so black and white so to speak there's a lot of gray areas where hey we're lacking in this but we're excelling in this area so um who knows the the true true reasons but rice i i understand that move uh to the american and them obviously um being accepting of them another thing too is hey they're, they're losing a team from houston uh let's try to you know keep that market as well but um yeah that, that's what we have on Minor Talk so far. Uh, we'll hit a quick break in just a bit. And what we're going to do uh, when we come back, uh, pretty much a light night. We'll look at some more tweets, but we'll also hand out some awards. The hot hand of the game, and it's brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. Then the player of the game, which is brought to you by Keats Southwest. So we'll we'll delegate amongst ourselves for who should uh, who should be the uh, recipients of these awards. Do want to let you know that Minor Talk is presented by the Oscar Arrieta Agency for home, auto, and life insurance needs. Visit OscarArrietaAgency.com. Once again, the Miners falling to Florida Atlantic 75 to 49 on the road and uh, before we hit the break too let's take a look at the UTEP women's game I, I know that they were up um, earlier with about five minutes left yeah. uh, let's get it here 63 to 55 so it is final so right down the street from us at the Haskins Center the UTEP women wrap up senior day with the win and they're 19 and 18 overall after the 63 to 55 wins so the women get it done 63 55 the men fall on the road 75 to 49. We'll give out some awards and uh, do some more stats when we come back. You're listening to Minor Talk right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.
And welcome back into Minor Talk. Sal Montes here along with Zay on the other side of the glass. The uh, the UTEP men fall on the road to the best team in Conference USA. And I don't think there's any debate about it, to be honest. Uh, 75 to 49, Florida Atlantic getting it done over the minors in their senior day. And then we want to flip things over. The UTEP women getting it done at home on senior day as well. They're now 19 and 8. Uh, 63 to 55 and uh, we'll hand out some awards here in just a bit and uh, Zay I'll I'll let you know I should have told you this during the break but I literally just thought of it two seconds ago so I'm spared but uh, I'm going to bring up the the stats here for the uh, the UTEP women's game give you a little bit of time to look it up too Uh, but UTEP uh, getting the win against Florida Atlantic at home on senior day Um, and as we're pulling up the numbers here uh, UTEP getting out to a 20 to uh, 20 to 7 lead after the first quarter and then in the second quarter they get outscored by three but they're still up at the um at the half uh 36 to 26 and then um the miners pretty much able to um i don't want to say cruise because i don't want to make it sound easy but they were in charge you know basically from the beginning of the game to the end despite some uh despite some tenacious efforts by Florida Atlantic a team that is now two games under 500 at 12 and 14 uh, but looking at the um, at the game here when it comes to the uh, the UTEP women's basketball team uh, Jackson nine points to her credit but just the balance here when we're looking at it Boyd Krause and uh, and Tack with at least 14 uh, points Tack with uh, 14 Kraus and Boyd with 15 um, to their credit. And Kraus, just the efficiency. And I, I'm probably the, the number one Avery Kraus stand, but six for eight today. Um, one for two from beyond the arc. You know, uh, flawless from the stripe. Only two shots, but two for two. And then I also like it here, right? Three boards, two assists. Three steals and four blocks, which is incredible, all while only having two fouls. So the aggression's there, and you're not fouling at a high clip. The the only downside, I guess, if you want to put it that way, is the turnovers at four. But all of this action in just 29 minutes. Yeah, you know, I was at that game. It's senior day. Avery Krause got honored early. You know, she's one of the one of the best miners. You know, to put that uniform on, she started four years in, for this program. You know, that's that's a rarity in, in today's game. And you know, she did that. She got a loud round of applause. And every time she scored, you could hear the miner fans. You know, getting louder and louder. And it was just a good game from the miners. It was really sloppy. This is, I'm gonna call this game a sloppy game, an ugly game from the miners from an offensive standpoint. But they played good defense, right? They 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 got this one out of their system an, an ugly sloppy game they were able to win it you know we've seen UTEP win games where they score in the, the high 80s but we, we've seen them win games where they score in the low 60s so they can do it all and this is a good game this is a good game for the minors you know to get this out of their system know what it feels like to win an ugly game right before the conference tournament yeah and uh, we talked about the the road trip right uh, that the the men had earlier this year at middle and then um, or at western Kentucky and then at middle Tennessee and uh, that's what the women got to face you know to close things out and uh, Middle Tennessee's back in the ranks as well, number 25 in the nation. Um, so I, I don't know if they lost on Thursday. I should have checked, but I know that the Miners have them next um, Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Do I have that right, Western and then Middle? Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's how it goes. And uh, it's it's a tough road trip for yeah. the Miners. We're not going to sugarcoat this. This is this is one and two, right? UTEP is tied with Western Kentucky for two. They should be yep. above Western Kentucky, but you know that blown 19 Man, point lead yep. in the fourth quarter. You know it comes back to bite the Miners. And it puts them in the position where, hey, if we win one of these games, 
right? We're going to be in second place, and we almost assure ourselves that we're going to be in the postseason. Whether it's a WNIT, you get an yeah. auto bid if Middle Tennessee wins, or a run to, in the tournament to the to the NCAA tournament. So hey. these are these are big games. No, big time, and um, it, it's funny. It, it we'll get George on the line here in just a bit to chime in. But uh, but before we get to George, I do want to uh, recall a, a cool memory back in the day when Coach Adams was the coach. Um, the Miners took on Western Kentucky and beat them in the tournament for the uh, the first game. I don't. Were you born at that time? I, I don't. I was young, but I, I was looking through the archives the other day. I remember I saw that they they killed them. I saw they killed them in the tournament. It was amazing. I, I went to. I uh, can't remember where I went to. Had some chicken wings. It was with my cousins, and we were, we were all cheering. It was pretty cool, right? To see the uh, to see the fans, you know, gather around the city. And and up next, I'm trying to remember who they stand. It may have been Stanford. Yeah, it was Stanford. There we go, Stanford. And I can't remember the name of the player that they had. Um, um, I'll, I'll, have, I'll find it out here in just a bit. But while I'm doing some research, let's go to our man George on the line, wants to uh, chime in on the game. Uh, George, you're in on Minor Talk. What's going on? Hey, what's up? What's up, Sal? Hey, what's up, Zay? Hey, uh, I just uh, – I was actually in and out watching the game and watching the girls play. The girls were playing phenomenally. They were taking care of business. Uh, the guys at times looked – looked uh, like they were going to get torched. And, and, and they did. They made it close in the first half. Second half, I didn't really get a chance to see it. I was up and down. But a quick question for both of you guys. Uh, going into conference play, and and they and you guys were talking about how if, if they do pretty good with these two last games going into the conference, how deep do you guys see in, uh, UTEP going? Do you, do you give them much of a chance as far as uh, if they if they get the – the necessary cohesiveness that they need. Uh, one of the major things I was seeing that you were said, talking about is uh, yeah. how the coach was able, and even Golding uh, talking to Teich, how some of these uh, players uh, stuck with FAU, and uh, that hence is, is one of the reasons why they're so good. Uh, going into conference play, how do you guys see the minors doing? Oh man, that's a that's a good question, George, and it's tough, right? Because I think we've seen both sides of the coin, but we've seen one side of it a, a lot more often this year. Uh, we know what they can do. We know what their wheelhouse is. If you could keep it to like that fifty, you know, to mid sixty range in terms of points, that's where the miners want to be at to have a shot. If it's a ugly, the uglier the game is, the better chance that they have to win. Um, it's it's tough though because as tenacious as they can be and as aggressive as they can be. You know, looking at some of the teams ahead of them in the standings right now, Louisiana Tech, who they split with, um, Florida International, who they did get the sweep against, but Western Kentucky can be just as nasty as UTEP. Charlotte is in a is in a bidding war right now with Rice, and they play today too, so that'll be a good one to watch, the battle for fifth place. But um, it's tough because we, we look at what this team can be, you know, if things go right, but it's hard to say that the teams that they'll go up against, you know, aren't just as, as vicious on defense or, or kind of want that same wheelhouse type of game, so it's it's tough to call, man. To be honest with you, if I had to, if I had to say the best case scenario, I'll put it that way. I think they can win their first game and probably take the second game to to overtime, maybe double overtime, uh, but ultimately fall out due to um, uh, for whatever reason, right? Maybe it's shooting, maybe lack of depth. Who knows? But in my opinion, my humble opinion, I think they could get one win and then bow out in a very hard fought game. Um, when it comes to round two. What about you, George? 
Well, I mean, I've seen this team at, at the top of a game, and I think if everything comes together, I think they can pull off maybe two or three wins. Uh, okay. And that's that's being unrealistic, I know, but uh, <laughs> I've seen the way Zarek Onyema has been playing and how he's in this game. And if he can, if he can get the other guys contagious to that that kind of uh, morale and and bring up the team the way he has, and uh, just show that leadership that he's been showing, uh, the guys can follow suit and maybe you know make it a good run. I mean, we're not expecting a lot. I mean, I really, I a lot of fans are not. Because they're they've already uh, yeah they they kind of checked out. out. I yeah. mean they're already out on the minors. I mean and really honestly they don't have uh, not, they have nothing to lose. I mean just go out and play your hardest and and let the chips fall where they may. I mean who knows who knows how far they can get. Only when and if they they start believing in themselves and and start trusting in themselves, I think that's when they're gonna find the key to mesh everything together and come together as a team. I mean. That that's being re- unrealistic as a minor fan because that's how I'm I'm speaking, but uh, I mean that's that's all I can expect you know for them to do the best they can. I I like that George yeah and and I agree with you I think you know if things go their way they're, they're going to have a chance I'm I'm not disputing that the the best that they can do is is have a chance in the game and make it ugly and and the uglier it gets I like their chances more and uh, thank you so much for for your call George we appreciate you you know our number we'll be back at it again on Thursday when the Miners take on um when they take on Western Kentucky but kind of to that same sentiment Zay um he, he asked about how far uh, do you think the Miners can go assuming that you know they're playing their best what about you what's your take on that yeah you know it's tough we don't know where UTEP's gonna end up being you know who they're gonna play first round I say hey if you get a a Florida International or a Louisiana Tech I'll say hey you're gonna win that game but if you get a Rice or, or a Western Kentucky I don't see them pulling out, you know, I don't see them pulling out a win. I think they'll, they'll go close, and then they'll, they'll get killed down the stretch. And then, you know, if you do end up winning one game, you play a North Texas or a UAB, I think, like you said, they, they, they make it close down the stretch. They they, they battle, they, they fight hard in overtime maybe, but they just they don't have the bodies to compete with those teams, right? They don't have the guys that can, they can get you a bucket when you need a bucket, right? And I think they, they bow out, you know, probably in the first round or – yeah, I, I, it's tough. It's it, tough. It's yeah, it's tough. You know, you don't know who they're going to play, but I could see them getting a win and winning the first round. I could see that happening. And the the interesting part is like they're the tenth seed, right? And obviously, we know seeding is is important uh, when you break down, you know, what could be. But ultimately, like it's so close from from being the tenth seed to the uh, to the seventh seed. So I, I I don't know what to make of it, right? Like. Are you better off being a ten than a seven? Like you may get a, a bit more of an advantage. Don't get me wrong, but either way, like you're gonna have to run into the buzzsaw that is either FAU, North Texas, UAB, um, and I'm trying to find out who the um, who the third team is. Um, Middle Tennessee. There we go. So Middle Tennessee, um, they might have that fourth seed locked up. Um, they're ten and seven in conference play. Rice is eight and nine. So uh, I don't want to say they have it locked up. They might lock it up if. Um, you know, assuming they win this game and, and one of their last two. Uh, however, that's that's what you're looking at, right? Like, hey, UTEP, at your best, can you outlast uh, one of the top four teams if you can get past your first and, and second, you know, match? So we're saying this about the minors, obviously, but looking at it, you know, the standings here, Rice, Charlotte, Western, FIU, uh, LaTeX, I mean, 
we can even say UTSA for that matter. It's it's that same challenge for all of them. And and when we look at it, top seed. They got swept by FAU. They played North Texas uh, close, however, just couldn't get it done. UAB, close, couldn't get it done. And then that second game was kind of, we, we saw UAB run away with it. Uh, Middle Tennessee, uh, one loss so far. We'll see round two in just a bit this next week. Rice, they got swept in some close ones. Charlotte, uh, I think they split with Charlotte. So the, the crazy thing is, though, uh, second game that took place the one that charlotte won was a lot more telling than the first game um that the miners won western they've lost already but they have round two coming up fiu they got the split there so i like their chances against them swept, right? uh, they, they, they swept. swept i'm sorry there we go yeah i was, I was thinking ahead to la tech my bad swept fiu so if they meet them for whatever reason i like their chances la tech they swept but that second game told a lot more uh Zoomy than the first game, and then UTSA. We we know what happened there, so it. I don't even think they would play UTSA to be honest. But um, either way, like it's when I look at everybody that they can go up against, I don't feel as good as as this team winning um, than I do as far as them losing. So uh, if I had to put a split, I'd say like it's um, thirty five sixty five. I don't know about you. Yeah, you know, it's tough, right? But I think if UTEP it ends up at that 10 seed, right? And if they can make it out, I think that's that's their most favorable chance of, of winning more than one game, right? Because I don't think they beat a UAB, right? I don't think they beat a Florida Atlantic. But I do think they can, I think they can pull it off against North Texas. They, they're really similar teams. They're really... Grant McCaslin's thing is the tougher team wins, right? And what's Joe Golding's thing? The tougher team wins. So they're yep. really similar, and that can end up going UTEP's way. I, I could see it happening if we're thinking, you know, really, really, you know, best-case scenario for the Miners is is them beating North Texas. But I don't think they beat a UAB or a Florida Atlantic. I don't even think they beat a Middle Tennessee. So that's, that's yeah. my take. And, and you know what? The thing with North Texas, too— um, it's kind of like, hey, this this favors you, UTEP. But then you look at North Texas, and it's like, hey, this favors you, <laughs> Mean Green, because their style of play is similar. It's, it's defensive uh, prowess pretty much for 40 minutes, and then some if it goes to overtime. But also, too, just the depth that they have at the guard position, I think, is what separates them. Like, they can afford to play that style and then just, just go on a quick offensive run for, like, maybe a combined, in different stretches, a combined four to five minutes where they, they just go absolutely berserk on offense. So uh, that's North Texas for you, and, and that's why they're the number two team in Conference USA. Um, what I want to do here, Zay, we'll, we'll wrap it up here just a bit, but we do got to hand out some awards. And uh, on Minotaur here, it is presented by the Oscar Arrieta Agency for home, auto, and life insurance needs. Visit OscarArrietaAgency.com. Once again, Minor Talk brought to you by the Oscar Arrieta Agency. So uh, looking at these awards here, we'll, uh, we'll start out with the first one here, Hot Hand of the Game. And um, it's brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. want to mention that. But looking at the numbers here for Hot Hand of the Game, um, you know, a series of candidates. But when it's all said and done, who are we handing out the Hot Hand of the Game to? We're going to go with Calvin Solomon. You know, he just had, you know, he had a, a couple stretches where he, you know, big time rebounds, or maybe a layup here and there. And he was just, you know, there, there weren't, you know, crazy amounts of runs that you tap on him. But when they did, it, it was it was sparked by a Calvin Solomon rebound or a stop. And that's why he gets hot hand of the game. I like that. Yeah. Being effective on, on um, really two parts of the court and, you know, 
benefiting one uh, to go into the next. So I like it there. Good pick. Uh, Calvin Solomon is the um, the hot hand of the game, and it's brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. Keep your home comfortable year-round with Wind Supply El Paso. Visit them online at windsupplyelpaso.com. Once again, windsupplyelpaso.com. Up next, we know this award very well and uh, goes out to the guy who stood out the most in this one, and it's the player of the game. It's brought to you by Keats Southwest. Uh, learn more online at keatssw.com. And uh, looking at these numbers here, listening to the game, if you were looking at the stream, it's probably obvious who, who you all have, but who are we going with when it comes to the um, the Keats Southwest player of the game? We're going with Zarek Onyema. Another double figures game for him. A double-double for him. He had 11 points, 11 rebounds. And the thing that stands out to me when I look at his his stats, five offensive rebounds against Vlad Golden, who's like 7'1", 7'0". He made Vlad Golden, you know, he got Vlad Golden in, in foul trouble. He played a great game down low, and he's been one of the bright spots for the minors. You know, he's just been, he's been on terror lately and it's good to see that he is our uh, player of the game. No, definitely, yeah. Vlad Golden, 19 minutes, 2 for 3, 3 for 6. Uh, did get 9 boards but had 4 fouls, and I think it was due to the activity of Zarek Onyema. So I absolutely agree. In 27 minutes, Zarek Onyema with 11 points, 11 boards, and, um, you know, you, you got to be over on one, so to speak, and uh, getting one more defensive rebound than offensive uh, rebounds. So 6-5 to five split there, very impressive. And only 2 fouls to his credit, also gets 2 uh, uh, blocks and a steal uh, to his credit. So uh, Zarek Onyema, he is the uh, player of the game, and it's brought to you by Keats Southwest. They are the industry leaders in metal stamping since 1958. Learn more online at KeatsSW.com. Once again, you can learn more online at KeatsSW.com. That, uh, that's pretty much going to wrap it up, Zay. Looks like with the Miners, they... Um, uh, have these next two games where in reality, I know I asked this question, but ultimately I don't think it matters too, too much because you're kind of in the same spot if if you win or lose these games. Uh, only thing that changes is seeding. Uh, before we wrap it up, though, we, we did get a tweet here, and I'm sorry I didn't get to it earlier, but this is from uh, M.T. Pence, or at M.T. Pence, it's M. Tristan Pence, and he says, not many positives to take from this game. Onyama continues to impress. Watching this game, there is a major discrepancy uh in backcourt talent. The lack of three-point shooting is costing UTEP games. Coach Golding has to do a better job of recruiting. So that coming in from uh, Tristan Pence, uh, one of our favorites here, always has some good stuff to mention. Uh, but yeah, UTEP uh, obviously lacking on the offensive side. Uh, what about you, Zay, when it comes to uh, this tweet here mentioning the major discrepancy in backcourt talent? Uh, what's your take on that? Yeah, you know, UTEP, they just they like he said, he doesn't. they don't have the guard talent you need to win at this day, this day and age, right? In this day and age in basketball, you got to have a guard, a shifty guard who can score at any time, right? And you could say Shamar yeah. Givens is shifty, he's a small guard, but is Shamar Givens really going to get you that bucket when you need that bucket? And we've seen him do it a couple times, but he has to do it consistently, and he didn't this year. So, yeah, the recruiting the recruiting aspect, he's going to have to go out there. He's going to have to get some guards who are consistent offensive threats in order to compete in this league. No, definitely, definitely agree there uh, because the top teams in the league 
have a have a monster <laughs> on the floor pretty much like looking at F uh, FAU here let me pull up these numbers here because I want to make sure I, I do get the names right but looking at it Elijah Martin is one of their uh, their better trusted guys um, goes uh, 7 for 12 and I'll reel off some of these names they, they don't have to be guards exactly but just the offensive prowess that this team offers right um, Martin with um, tw- in 23 minutes gets 21 points which is I, I can't comprehend that but numbers are what they are right Michael Forrest in 25 minutes gets 10 points so he adds balance in the double figures there but it was an off day for him going one for six from beyond the arc and I think a lot of it was just due to uh, the team being able to play loose out there his shots just really didn't fall and I know it's easy to say that yeah the numbers are what they are he's one for six because the shots didn't fall but there were some good looks there I mean, this score could have easily been in the uh, in the 80s uh, for Florida Atlantic. And then kind of looking um, down the list here as well, Michael Forrest, um, we, we mentioned his numbers here, but going to a Brian Greenlee in 21 minutes, just uh, one for five and only two points, but definitely had some good looks as well. The point is with Florida Atlantic, they're so deep and, and they can get scoring from, uh, from just about anybody. I think Martin is a top dog there. I think we know that, but uh, the balance that they display is incredible. Four guys in, a, in double figures for Florida Atlantic. So when it comes to offense, uh, Miners have a lot to to take care of to kind of be in that top tier when it comes to these offenses defensively I think we know what they can do but it's just the buzzsaw that is Florida Atlantic so um, I think that's pretty much going to do it here Zay I don't know if you have any final thoughts uh, as the final two games here approach but UTEP falling to uh, FAU 75 to 49 Um, what do you make of these last two in terms of what can they work on, so to speak? And I know it's easy to pick one thing, but what are you looking forward to that they can get better at in these last two to transition into Frisco? Yeah, you know, I'm looking at a couple things, right? You're, you're, basically, what I'm looking at is offensive consistency. As long as you're consistent on the offensive end, you're getting good looks. That's all you can ask for. Whether you knock them down or not, that's a different story. But as long as your offense is, is getting the looks that you know that, hey, my guys can make those, that's what I'm looking for because right now this offense at times it's just sloppy it's ugly it leads to turnovers it leads to contested bad shots I I want them to have open looks that hey maybe you're not going to hit them but at least you got those looks yeah, definitely. And I think that's a good part, too, is how are you going to be moving the ball around? Can can you take care of that part first? And obviously, with the shots, uh, that should be coming second. So, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much going to do it right here on Minor Talk. Uh, appreciate you, Zay. You always do a tremendous job behind the glass. Um, shout out to everybody who um, who reached out. We had George on the lines. We also got some tweets in. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much going to call it a day here. UTEP falling on the road to Florida Atlantic 75-49 to and the UTEP women getting it done um, against Florida Atlantic at home as well. I'm trying to pull the, the game up here. Where the heck did it go? 63-55 uh, to uh, 55. UTEP gets the win and I found the name by the way before we do wrap it up. It was Candace Wiggins the star for Stanford who um, who just showed out pretty much against UTEP when uh, the Miners took, uh, took on the Stanford Stanford Cardinal and the women's NCAA tournament after the Miners beat Western Kentucky. So I said I would have it, scorched the internet for it, and, and found it there. So uh, yeah, uh, UTEP 
looking to see what they could do on the women's side for postseason play. They got it done today. Uh, the men would fall on the road 75-49. to 49. Once again, the women, uh, let me pull that number back up here. I think it was 63-58, to um, to 58, but nonetheless, uh, 63-55, there we go. Nonetheless, uh, final stretch, UTEP taking on Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee, either home or on the road, depending on if you're the women or the men. But, uh, yeah. It's going to wrap it up here. We appreciate you all tuning in. We'll be back at it next week as the Miners will be taking on Western Kentucky. That one is going to be on Thursday. Game time is at 7 o'clock, but of course the uh, Longhorn Distributing Countdown to tip off beginning at 6.30. UTEP against Western Kentucky for Noche Latina. So I look forward to taking your calls there. And yeah, we'll be back at it then. Zay, appreciate it. You've been listening to Miner Talk right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.